All right, welcome. Episode two of the podcast. The podcast. Uh, a podcast. Our the fly is back. <laughs> Like it's been a month since we did our last podcast, and, and this fly is back again. <laughs> Who is our guest today? Today's guest is Mindy Rano Krakowski, and you teach non destructive testing. What is that? NDT. So I mean, we, everybody says NDT, and then they're all like, NDT, and I'm like, what is NDT? So, NDT, we use all different non destructive methods to test the integrity of anything. So, you could think anything from pipelines. Um, any kind of welds, anything that can be tested for the integrity of it. We test it using ultrasonic waves, um, radiation, we use magnetic particles, just lots of different means. It doesn't, I mean, okay, so I'm not going to say it doesn't. You are in, how many women are in your industry? Um, I think the latest stats was 3%. What drew you to NDT? So I graduated in... I started like the program in 1996, actually doing metallurgy. Hated it because metallurgy is kind of a part of NDT. We do it now, only you destroy it to look at the microstructure. Oh sure. Um, didn't like it, so I actually dropped out for maybe a year and a half. I came back and got my degree in NDT. Then, then I went out in the field about 2000, and then I actually, right around 2007. I actually decided to work part-time in NDT and part-time at a school as a para um, with some behavioral kids. So then I really enjoyed being at the school, but I liked the, the money and the, so I subcontracted doing NDT and also did the school thing. And then it was I was the beginning of a perfect uh, yeah, right? scenario here. And then this teaching job came and it just like combined both things that I really loved and enjoyed doing into one. So then I just started teaching. So one of the things, I've known you for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, I've had the pleasure of working with you for a few years just on various changes that you guys have made in NDT. And I know that you're in the middle of really big changes right now. Correct. Um, how, how have your students, like, first of all, how do you guys teach NDT? Because you do this differently. Yes, it's, it's kind of like a training program but we've really modified it to meet HLC guidelines and everything else. So you would come and you would start and then you would open up unit one and you would have to read and then there's job sheets is what we call them. Now That's this is the old way or is this the, is Even this? the new way? Okay, okay. Even the new way. The old way was a little more like a training program where you can come and go as you want whenever and it, it kind of failed the student in Let's be honest, they wait till the last two weeks and then they show up and I have to do mm -hmm. all these classes. You're carrying the student to the finish line. Yes. And then they're not learning. They're not, what do I have to do to get done? Um, so now we're kind of switched it up. So now it's, they're semester based. There's deadlines. You have to get unit one due on this day, unit two, unit three. But the difference in ours is that you go home and a lot of you do the reading. We have lectures online. But there's a lot of hands-on tasks, because just like you don't want a nurse who's never drawn blood or a welder who's never welded, you don't want an NDT tech who's never calibrated a machine, found defects in a weld, anything. Yep. So what we do is they come in for their hands-on tasks, and we have a lot of demonstrating. Um, so we kind of start them out, you first just calibrate the machine, then you calibrate it, and 
you know, maybe just do a lamination scan through a, a plate and then we start using different kinds of waves, you know, kind of like x-rays, sure. same thing. You warm up the tube. Warm up the tube and take a shot. Let's warm up the tube, take a shot, and you know, interpret the results. And we just keep expanding on that mm -hmm. so they can learn how to do it in the field starting from ground zero. Great. So it's a little different in you can come in to do your task whenever you want. So if Mary only can come in on Mondays and Tuesdays, she just comes in on Mondays and Tuesdays. If Wade only can come in on Wednesdays, he just comes in on Wednesdays. Okay, okay. Those are the days that you work on those lab tasks. You can come in whenever you want, and that's where sometimes this kind of flex lab teaching is very, very taxing because I have... You're there. I'm there the whole day, every day. You're coming in to work on, let's just say, job sheet one. You're on yep. job sheet three. Jimmy's on job sheet seven, and Susie's on job sheet 14. You know, so I'm, and then tomorrow, whatever job sheet you just finished, now I'm going to have to help Mary through it. Yep. So I go. Kind of all over the place. So I go through my mini lecture with you on your job sheets. Now tomorrow I have to do it with Mary, so I <sighs> could potentially do it 20 times for every job sheet. But what's great about that is you get my undivided attention, and I know that you met that. Right. Absolutely. Right. You've talked a little bit about, you know, how you're, how you're making some of these changes, right? And, mm -hmm. and some of it now is recorded. Some of it is reading at home and then they come in and they do the lab. But there's this other piece that you have been working on personally. Yes. Um, so, well, actually, there's probably just twofold, right? You have become very invested in equity. Correct. Um, how'd that happen? Um... I think it started happening, my teaching philosophy is completely surround, it's, my teaching philosophy is based around compassion and the bottom 10%. The other 90%, as you guys know, as teachers, they get it, they know how to get through it, they, they come to us. Um, I think the realization that we work at a community college that anyone can come. There is no minimum requirements. Yep. I have students with an eighth grade reading ability. Um, and that's where I started struggling, where that bottom 10%, the high school sending them to us, they're not making it across the bridge. I need to go out and meet them and help them to come across the bridge because they're not adults. Um, they're just getting through this developmental stage of becoming an adult and nobody's there to, we just, here you go, D2L's online, good luck. And we're not there to actually that awesome. is such a huge thing because yeah. that bottom 10%, uh, the ones that need the extra help and need the extra time are often the ones that are left behind and, and forgotten about. So mm -hmm. that's to, to make it a focus and to like, this has been a, a big part of your life to go out there, grab them and drag them across this bridge yes. and get them to where they need to be. And I think, I think the first time a student was teary-eyed explaining how I changed his life and if it wasn't for the things that I did to facilitate him to stay and learn he he's like I was on the verge of a divorce I was dropping out and you extended the olive branch and helped me through or I've had a mom call me crying and just thanking me saying my son didn't think he could do it and you were the only one who made him believe in himself mm -hmm. So then that leads to my second question, because you really have gotten involved in equity. And so how do you how do you apply it in in the way you teach? I mean, you talked about your teaching, right, your philosophy, that it's the bottom 10 percent mm -hmm. and and really taking them and helping them across the bridge, truly being student ready. Right. Instead right. of expecting students to be college ready, we're talking about being student ready. So. What have you started to do? What are some of the things you're doing that you can look at and say, this is directly related to these experiences that I've had. I've changed this or I've done this. I think 
That well, as you know, I'm I'm going for my EDD, so I've been taking a lot of classes regarding differentiated instruction, tiered instruction, differentiated assessing. I've taken a lot of classes just based on adult learning and how adult learners are different than kids. I think that those of us in higher education, we like to lecture and then go read and then we assess and then we lecture and then we read and then we assess and then we lecture and then Absolutely. we throw a couple <laughs> midterms in there. Absolutely. Um, and I remember the story of I remember the, the story of a, a student who called me at nine o'clock at night and he was crying and his father had just died. Oh. And he said that his mom died the year before. Mm. He was on his own. He didn't even know how to write a check. And he, you know, he's in this position of he's a kid who doesn't know how to do any adult things. And we're throwing school on top of it. He didn't have internet. And that's where it really hit me that these are the students that need my help. Mm. And so I looked at my curriculum, especially after taking these classes, and I thought, you know, in K-12, which is kind of impossible for us, but they really tier the instruction. I can't have, you know, this, this group is at Lexile level A, B, C, and kind of adjust accordingly. But what I can do is I can differentiate my assessing. So what I'm super excited about, and I just, like, I just started it this year, and I'm already, like, Super excited about it. Um, what I did is, and I actually learned this from my EDD class of this is what they did. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, I learned so much just from the way they assessed. So one of my assessments was always a 10 point quiz of, I'll just give you an example. How, like, how does an x-ray tube work? So you take your 10 point, your 10 point test. Yep. And of course, all of us who have learned how to test, we know exactly what's gonna be on that test. We go on oh, yeah. test. Yep. It's, um, what I did instead is I, I said for this assignment or assessment, you guys can either take this test or you can write a paper or you can turn on your Zoom camera, hit record and just chat and talk about how an x-ray tube works or you can do a PowerPoint with a voiceover, mm -hmm. without a voiceover, or turn on your Zoom, turn off the video and just do like a voice thread kind of thing. Sure. Yep. Um, but this is the student learning outcome. You have to meet the student learning outcome. And then these are all of the terms, phrases, words I need you to use in your paper, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you're doing to show it to me. Um, so I said, I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you give me a poem. I don't care if you... Oh, UDL. Well, yeah. I learned more now. Yeah, that's exactly what it... 100% what you're doing. Okay, well, I just learned about it. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah, where it's not one assessment that everybody gets. There's many paths, and even the end result, the finish line looks different yeah. for all of them. But they're all understanding mm -hmm. and getting the outcome. Yes. Yes, they all need to meet the outcome. And I even took, for one of them, I took some of Mary's ungrading suggestions. And I said, if you want an A, use all of these terms. Yep. If you want a B, use these terms. If you want a C, you know, so yep. they can put the... Um, I've had zero take the test. <gasps> Shut the front door. Zero. Even your test takers have taken another path <laughs> and tried to do something a little bit different. Yep. And it, I think a moment that I realized how well this was working, because I, I think we all study to, to test, um, but I think sometimes like I study, you know, two times three is seven, two times three is seven. So I'm ready to go into the test two times three is seven. When he's talking to me, he just, he started his camera and he started chatting. Yep. All of a sudden he said something, he's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. 
So he did that two times three, seven. And as he said it out loud, he's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. If I have two groups of three, I don't have seven. So while he's just chatting and just saying all these things, he's critically thinking enough that he put it all together on his right. own. And, he, and I kept thinking to myself, he just learned more now. He redirected. Than if he would have ever just went in and took that test. And right. he got it wrong, he got it wrong. And and then you let it go and walk away. Yep. Like in, yes. that te- in the testing moment, you let it go and you walk oh, absolutely. away. Absolutely. Yep. And even if he goes like, oh, I got it wrong, I'm gonna go figure it out, okay, two times three, six. But he doesn't understand why he got it wrong. He doesn't, yep. he didn't put it all together. And so that was like a super aha moment for me of he learned more talking it through and critically thinking like, wait a minute, that can't actually be right. Which is what you're going to do in the field anyway. Yes. I mean, that that's, it's as real world as it gets. Correct. <laughs> so I've even had people ask, you know, can I go and find 16 YouTube videos and pull pieces out and compile a whole, and I'm like, as long as you're meeting the student learning outcome, I love it. And it, it's allowing them Real, I mean, you're getting to the idea that we all learn differently. Correct. Right? Correct. We all learn differently, and I actually had a student last year, and this kind of solidified it as well. Last year, I had a student who struggled testing tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought him in my office, and I, you can explain it perfectly. Yep. He yep. just overthinks every question. He doesn't test well, but he, he knows every student, student learning outcome there was. Well, that was going to be my next question. Like, was it a student that that you that the bell, the light went off, or was it? Were you a good test taste? T- t- mm. Test taker. Hello. Were you a good test taker as a student? I'm a very good test taker. I. You learned to play the game. I learned to play the game. I'm a very good test taker. Um, I do well with tests. But I'm also a good talker, so that's why when I'm given the option with my instructors, I'd rather turn on that Zoom and talk sure. for 25 minutes. Yep. Yes. Um, because I'm one, I just talk and talk and talk. Yep. Um, taking a test, I don't. it doesn't bother me, but I know some, some don't. Well, I think that's even more important because a lot of us teach to our certain style that we are. 100%. And to be able to like, because I, I fully expected you to say that you were bad at taking tests. Oh, did you? I did. Oh, and no. that's why, that's, that's one of the influences to go down this path of multiple ways of assessing but when you said that's actually bigger it's harder to do what you've done is to be a good test taker and still change the rules in my mind i mean that's that i think i think but if we go if we if let's 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 go back in time a few minutes here okay let's go back to when mindy was talking about that you were subcontracting and you were a para Mm -hmm. and you were working with Mm -hmm. kids right Mm -hmm. there that all learned very differently and i think that that you know Maybe it wasn't in that moment where we were like, oh, I'm going to do UDL. You you can't even say UDL. (laughs) But I think in that moment you, you were like, okay, you know, just because there's behavior disorders or just because they learn differently doesn't mean they learn less. Doesn't mean they're worth less. And this is something, you know, I, I feel like it's always been interesting because I felt like NDT was not a compassionate industry, right? But you come at it with so much passion and compassion. And I think that's what, that's part of the reason I wanted to talk with you because you are willing to to step outside and do something different in order to meet with your students where they are. And that's, that's hard. We don't like to meet students where they are. We want students to come to us. Oh, absolutely. Something I learned that really pushed the compassion for me is 
Um, and it's in a, the example was a kindergarten aspect, but it really hit me home of, so the kindergarten student, she's not sitting on her pockets, even though the teacher said sit on your pockets. Why is she not sitting on her pockets? And it aggravates us. Why is he not turning his assignment in? Why is he not testing well? Instead, if we turn that compassionately, and I wonder why she's not sitting on her pockets. Oh. I wonder why he's not turning in his assignments. What's going on behind it all? What is going on? And that's what really made me like start thinking, so why are they not passing the test? Maybe the, the testing is too hard. You know, as, as I'm looking at my dissertation, even I'm looking at the fact that we have no minimum reading level requirement. Technical books statistically are at a higher lexile level than gen ed books. Mm -hmm. And I'm handing them to the student that oh, has an eighth grade reading level and saying, good luck and I'm walking away. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where, if they're understanding it enough to talk about it with me or to make a PowerPoint, they met the student learning outcome. And that's, yep. what is my job? Is my job to... Make sure they can, yeah, memorize the textbook. Or is my job to make sure that they learned these things to be employable in my field? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it speaks to, so this is some of the stuff I've been doing with the ungrading, right? Where you talk about when you remove that, when you remove that ranking and sorting, because that's what tests really do, right? They, and, and you can be biased in them, right? And, and students oh, feel ranked and sorted against each other. And someone's always the winner and someone's always the loser, absolutely. right? Absolutely. When you take that away and you make risk doing the project more about mastery mm -hmm. of the knowledge, they're going to push even deeper. He's going to have that conversation and feel comfortable having that conversation in Zoom mm -hmm. and, and correcting himself and thinking out loud and doing that where well, he can't do that on a test. Correct. You just can't do that. So I've taken away that ability for you to think and master it when all you're doing is taking that test and then setting that aside and moving on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. When he's doing that talking, he's building on the knowledge he already has and can start applying it. And I think that that's super cool. <laughs> super exciting. And I can't believe how far beyond the scope of the out student learning outcome that they're actually going. I mean, I'm getting some of these people just mention these six terms and I'm getting eight page papers, yep. pictures brought in. And one of them's even like, I'm sorry, it's so long. I started going down a rabbit hole and I'm, you know, so they're, I think every- They're owning their projects. I mean, they're owning their they're own- They're owning their knowledge. They absolutely are. Learning. They are. Right? Instead of dragging them through the- Nobody's asked system. for a longer test. No. Right? Nobody's ever asked, can, can this be another page long so I can show you what I know? Right. But they're doing that when they're doing these projects for you. Yes. So this is one thing that, that always interests me. Were you like, did you ask them if they were bought in to the differentiated learning? Did you say, we're going to do things a little bit differently? I mean, how did you come at it with the students? Or did you just say, hey, there's, you know, when it came time to take the test, you were like, hey, there's six ways to do this, or there's multiple ways to, to get there. Luckily, we're in the midst of changing all of our stuff anyway. So I just- You were in it. flux all the way around. <laughs> so I just put it in as, here's your options. You know, unit one, assessment is you pick. So do you, I- Do you see others in your field? buying into this method? In my department, I see instructors that are intrigued. Curious. Yep. That's like, where it starts though. And like, what are you doing? You know, or as I'm showing them what the students are giving me, they're like, oh my God, that's cool. Um, do I think that everybody is just like I'm grading? Are you going to have everybody be like, that's a great idea? No. <laughs> right? Going gradeless. I mean, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. It is terrifying. Do you... 
do you, so people in your area are curious and you guys are in a massive state of flux the way it is. Like, do you think that this is the way things are going to change in order for us to be student ready, better student ready? I hope that even what you guys are doing, I think, is amazing because as I'm going through some of these classes, K-12 has a lot of educational coaches and instructional coaches that work with people. And as I'm sitting in these group discussions, you know, we're talking about, tell us about your instructional coach. I'm like, well, we're all spokes of the same wheel, but some people I don't see all year. So I can't really, unless I'm running down the halls telling you guys about my ideas, nobody knows about my ideas. Um, so it's harder with the autonomy we have to ever hear about these good ideas. I think that's our, that's our role. That's how I see. That's what we want to do. Extract that and spread it out. Yeah. I'm a Bernie Sanders in it again, talking with my hands. (laughs) But I think, I think you hit on something so, 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 so pertinent. We are all experts in our field. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, you are expert in your field. I'm expert in my field. Not all of us have taken classes on pedagogical design. You know, not all of us have worked with someone who said, whoa, whoa, why are you doing it that way? Right. We came in and we started teaching to what we knew. Correct. Um, And our comfort zone. The the majority of us, 90% of the teachers in at a community college haven't taken, I made the number up by the way, haven't taken classes in education. Even at a four-year college, lots of them haven't taken classes Mm. in how to teach. Yep. Absolutely. And that's where I was an NDT tech. Yep. I was an NDT tech teaching non-destructive testing, a training program until I got my master's in educational leadership and started moving on from ADD. I didn't, I didn't know how to teach. Yeah. I knew how to train. I didn't know how to teach. And that's where I think our disconnect is, is I don't know the cool stuff you're doing. I'm hoping that even, and I know if there's a writing component, I know if there's a writing component, you have to have them write something. Right. But if there's not a writing component, even in a composition class, you can't tell me there's not one outcome that you couldn't have a differentiated assessment for. Right. Totally. You know, so that's where I I just think that we rely so much on these same lecture read tests, Mm. lecture read, you know, that there's so many more ways to get them to show me that, show me what you know, show me that you know this than just giving them a a test with all these questions. You're going to present some of this stuff, hopefully, if you get together a group of very, very differentiated um, assessments, the PowerPoint, the paper, I would love to have you present this for the college and not, not, I'm not talking line item, like read through it, but be like, here was the goal, here's Here's the outcome and here's what, here's what they did. Um, I mean, I would like to, if you, if down the road, you know, you put some of this stuff together and you're showing, you know, you're showcasing to students, here's options that you have. This Mm -hmm. is what people have done in the past, you know, just to give them ideas and you were to put it together, I would love to have it as resources on our website for other people to see and think about and talk about. And I want you to come back in a couple of years and be like, here's what I'm doing now. Because I don't think that this is, you know, you're just, well, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And then you're not the type to just sit still. No, I'm hoping to expand on it. I'm hoping that more people, you know, notice how exciting it is. And I realize there's so many other programs that can totally take this on. And our students are so different. And that's what we really have to realize. I think we become, we work at a college, I have, I'm, and that's I think what makes the difference between a teacher and an exceptional teacher is 
the teacher is the one, here's this little class I bought. Here it is. It's all in D2L. I'll check back on December 15th, but you're great. Um, we have to be student-centered. We have to work with every student individually. I remember the first, I think it was within a month of me starting, Lisa made a comment. She said, I love your, your what did she say? I love your compassion for the students. Come back to me in three, four years, because that's when it'll be last. Mm. And I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just all the students' stories have just fed my soul of this is my, my teaching philosophy is these students mm-hmm. that... And like I said, working at a community college, we get those that maybe didn't make it into before your college. Maybe they don't have the reading level that we're expecting. Yeah. Right. So if they can write me a poem or sing a song on their guitar, as long as they did the same thing they would have showed me on this test, I love it. I'm convinced that this, the high flyers benefit from this too. Your top 10%, your middle 80%, you're doing it to help out those 10% initially. But the fact that nobody, they do. And the fact that they don't take the tests and they, they choose to do a PowerPoint or they choose to record their, their audio and do a voice thread type thing shows that they have more knowledge that they want. They want to get out there and do it. And I have to think from the instructor standpoint, right? Like the grading a test is pretty easy, especially if it's, if it's, you know, objective, you know, A, B, these are the answers, whatever, whatever. It's easy, but it's boring. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking at these projects and you're like, I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, and you're like, wow. And that's where the grading doesn't even have to be that hard. You know, did they meet it? Did they meet the outcome or didn't they? Oh, you don't have to like justify a grade. You can say you know, yes. They either met it or they didn't. Either I, I can do a rubric if I want, but if I gave them the instructions of use these terms, either they met the SLO or they didn't. It doesn't have to be this huge fiasco of an hour of me looking at one paper. One of the things I do to check that they're meeting that SLO or to check that they're meeting the guidelines, you know, I have them do in D2L uh, what I call a declaration quiz. That's the only grades they, the grade that they get, the points that they get is that they do a declaration quiz. So after they've, after they've written their paper, they've submitted their paper, they, and you can take this quiz as many times as you want. It's like five points. And it just says, I did number one. I did number two. I did number three. Like I did these things. Right. But the last one is if I received feedback and revision, Uh, I took it into consideration and made changes, uh you know, so they can't ever answer that one until they've at least read the feedback. Right. But what it does is it checks. Did I do what I was supposed to do? And then they get to say, I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And for me, I'm like that declaration quiz is like the raw, raw. Like they're like, yeah, dude, I did it. You know, and then I get to read it and be like. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. You, you hit all these parts. You either did it really well or here's the things you want to work on. But you did what I asked you to do. And you met that SLO. Yep. Correct. So, yeah. And my high flyers are giving me, they're the ones giving me eight-page papers with these pictures brought in. <laughs> and and now with Starfish, I just kudos them every time. Yeah. And they're loving it. And so they're still getting that recognition of I'm above everybody else, you know. <laughs> right. but, I'm still a high flyer. Yeah, I'm still up there. But they're getting the recognition, but at the same time, you know, that the person who just met the SLO still got the same ten points. Yep. Because this is gonna, you know, it's gonna this is gonna terrify people. Grades don't matter. <laughs> You've been wanting to say that. I say that all the time. I just wanna, you know, take out my big huge placard and be like, grades don't matter. In the real world, grades don't matter. But there are some industries where we're not allowed to do PowerPoints to get where we need to go and grades do matter. 
they may not matter to you, but they, they, no, I'm saying, I mean, you try to get into nursing and try to, and try to tell them that nurse, that the grades don't matter and you may not be able to become a nurse. Yes. You know, you look at the medical schools who've removed grades because of the connection to illness and and stress and all those sorts of things, you know, so there's that, there's that backside. Of course. Yes. You know, how do I get into, how do I get into law school if I don't get good grades? Right. Yep. And I get that, but even ND, Industry. We just took that over from you for a second. No, but in regard to the grades, or they have to take tests in the real world, you know, like nurses have to pass their tests. So do NDT tests. We have to pass a level one exam, a level two exam. So what we do is I'm doing this assessing because I do think they learn more throughout, but at the end, they still do need to take okay. a a multiple Exit. choice test because that is what industry protocol says suggests yes yep so it's you know it's not like i'm getting rid of the grades getting right. rid of any tests but i do think they're learning more so i'm hoping that and that's where this semester Mastery. will tell yep as they are they going to learn enough that they all of a sudden they do a lot better on that test because yeah. they actually understand how the x-ray tube works that'll be cool to see that data that'll be really cool to see that data will you come back and talk to us again about it Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you're further done with your yes. EDD and not so overwhelmed. Yes. In all my spare time. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you for coming on our little podcast here and sharing all your great strategies and information and just telling us how you're flipping the whole thing upside down because really that's what you're a leader and that's what we're looking for is people that are willing to take those risks and and do it and you you've you've taken this risk on uh based on your education that you've been doing so you know that you you have a little bit more leverage than maybe somebody who would take this uh leap of faith without having that kind of um, a background for a master's degree and you're now getting your doctorate but all of us should be willing to take that risk and and try something in our classrooms that Turns it upside down. Challenge the industry a little bit. Being student ready. Yes. I mean, first and foremost, student centered and student ready. And that is, that's the game changer, I think. And it's hard for us to think about that is a culture shift. It definitely is. Um, And so having someone in a technical field say, I'm going to be student ready and I'm going to be compassionate and I'm going to do these things and I'm going to change this, right? I think we've seen this from our, we did another um, podcast with Lindsay Ampey who talked about change, right? And being willing to take those changes and feeling supported and and being student-driven. I just, I am just, uh, what do I want to say? Like, I, I want to be more like you. Like, I want to learn from you. I want... This is why we do this. We want to learn. Well, it's less scary. Like, I, I it's wanna... less scary when you know other people are doing yes. crazy things. Yeah, right. And yeah. going away from taking a multiple choice test. Like, that's uh, that's refreshing. Yes. <laughs> right. Change right. is hard. Change is really hard but and scary. But I, I always said, I'm going to try it. And I tried it for the first two weeks. And if I fell on my face, I fell on my face. Well, and we can always go back, yes. right? That's the yeah. thing. Is like, how hard would it be to pull the old test back and go back to the way... It, I mean... So, and that's why I left the test in there. So if they want it, right, right, but nobody's wanted. That is, I, I find that fascinating. I find that awesome. I know they're getting so creative, and, and it's it's fun to see. It's fun well, to see them own their learning. It has to make it has to make your job. I mean, again, that all comes back to right. Like you kind of it injects a lot of love back into your job mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like 
you're excited to see what they're doing. Yes. So. so no, I am. And I'm excited to see, like I said, those that maybe struggled in the past, those who maybe don't have internet at home, those who come from marginalized groups who maybe didn't learn how to test. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are able to show me what they know instead of test out of it. Thank you for coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Come back again. You're so awkward. We, yeah, we got to end it somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's for- like a Zoom call. Okay, everybody, bye. I'm- everybody, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put those little hands up on the thing. <laughs> no, that was great. I learned a lot. I'm glad that you were able to come back and Art and come here. And I want to see what you, I want to see some of those presentations and uh, follow what's going I, on. I do too. Yep. yep. So we're going to follow up with you.